one week season. One week season, fam. La Familia. Welcome back. Hope everybody had a terrific Christmas and New Year's. Uh, of course, we missed you week 17. A uh, little scheduling snafu uh, on my end there. Weren't able to get there, but we are here for week 18. Uh, FanDuel Labs week 18. My name is Mike Johnson. M. Johnson 86, your host. Uh, I will be joined shortly here uh, with my partner in crime, Mr. Maximus, uh, to break down the week 18 slate. We have 14 games on the FanDuel main slate. There's two Saturday games, and then FanDuel has graced us with a full day of football, including the Sunday night Bills-Dolphins game in their main slate. Uh, that's a little bit different aspect than DraftKings, which uh, we will certainly touch on. And without further ado, I'm going to bring in uh, my colleague here, Mr. Maximus. How are we doing today? Hello, hello, everyone. Doing good. Uh, good New Year. Yeah, very busy with the uh, the other business I do. Um, we were talking earlier throughout the week. Congrats, first and foremost, on your best ball. Oh yeah, I I wore the drafters shirt. They gave they sent a shirt to everybody that maxed out their um, best their main best ball contest uh, back in September. Um, yeah, took seventh in the drafters uh, best ball drafters millions. I think it was called the their main best ball tournament twenty dollar entry. Uh, took seventh place for thirty thousand. Uh, overall, did well. Had a lot of um, I think it was 49 of my 150 lineups uh, in that tournament um, cashed. Uh, there was some overlay in it. There was a lot of, you know, drafters. They do a great job with customer service. Um, they had a lot of good bonuses throughout the season. So, uh, you know, there was, there, was, there, there was a lot of value in playing it. And then, uh, you know, I had that lineup that, Ran pretty well for most of the season. Had Lamar Jackson. I think I was the only one in like the top 50 that had Lamar Jackson. So his Sunday uh, was clutch for me. Had kind of a bad run out with my running backs. Um, David Montgomery I had and he did fine. But then uh, my other top two running backs this season were uh, Raheem Mostert and uh, Alvin Kamara. So um, Raheem being ruled out. Uh, that hurt me, and then it hurt me even more because there was a lot of teams near the top that had uh, HN. Um, so him getting all the work, uh, a couple teams passed me. Um, and then Camara leaving at halftime ended up taking uh, Zach Charbonnet's score. He scored like nine points. Um, if I had gotten like a 15 point score, which I think if Camara and Raheem had both played a full game, one of them would have got 15. Um, that would have moved me up at least one spot. But, you know, finishing seventh out of like 90,000 entries um, over a 17-week tournament, I obviously had a lot of things break my way. So hard to complain about the one or two, you know, things that don't. That's great. I, I have not done best ball. Uh, I'm more of just straight-up DFS player, but – uh yeah, with so much variance, that's just inherently going to happen throughout the course of the season. The underlying process at the beginning or prior has to be sound. And so it's definitely a testament to uh, the content 
clearly in the material uh, that OWS was pumping out for the uh, for the best ball stuff prior to the season starting. So tip of the hat yeah. for that. Yeah, I think so. Hilo and I do our best ball plus product. He focuses pretty much entirely on underdog. Um, and then my focus is entirely on drafters and DraftKings. Um, the drafters, the season long format, I really like just because, um, you know, if you're on DFS Twitter, I'm sh- sure you've seen, you know, anybody that's on pays attention to DFS on social media has probably seen a lot of the best ball discourse as well. Um, and that's the thing with like DraftKings and underdog is you have your, you could have like this awesome team for 14 weeks and you win your league and then you go to like your playoff pod and like one down week and it's like, boom, you're out min cash. Um, so it's kind of nice that uh, the season long format, like when you do build that like super team, um, just one down week, isn't going to like torch it. So um, yeah, the format is good. And I think, you know, I think best ball is something that I would recommend. I've kind of, I talked about this in one of my courses, best ball and like just getting in, even if it's just one or two dynasty leagues, even if it's like a little bit lower entry fee, just like a you know $20 entry fee or something um, would be really valuable for most people just because it kind of keeps you in tune with more of the player pool. You just naturally, um, you learn more about the players. You're more locked in um, on the NFL for, you know, more of the year, for more of that offseason. So I think, um, you know, I think that is one of the, one of the things that has been an advantage and an edge that I've had is just that I've, for the last few years, been locked in. Um, You know, my biggest win Ironic, we're on week 18 here. So my biggest win of my life uh, was in week 17 when it was uh, the 2020 season. Um, so it was actually January of 2021. Uh, that It was the last week of that season um, before they added the 18th week. Um, a lot of, like, so obviously a lot of similarities in the... Um, sorting through the chaos a little bit of uh, which teams are playing for a lot, which, uh, you know, which young players might get some extended run, which players teams might feature. Um, So yeah, it's, it's interesting. That's a good segue into our uh, week 18 discussion here because a lot going on, a lot of moving parts this week. Um, Yeah, go I said the biggest separator clearly is the mammoth Sunday night game that we get on FanDuel that you don't get on DraftKings. Maybe that could be a blessing and a curse in some ways with certainty. But, uh, but yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, seeing where we can find as much certainty as can be had on a Week 18 slate and uh, maybe see some other spots where, you know, we can uh, get an edge. So what uh... – are you playing your normal tournament? I noticed it's a little smaller this week. Yeah, I'm back to it. I actually did not play it last week. It's been really strange that they have not done this in past years where it seems like every other week they go from a good setup to a bad setup. Last week it went back. We weren't – obviously we weren't here last week. Last week it went back to the more entries, less of a percentile of the field, and less of a payout at the top. This week it is back to less entries – 
more of a percentage, 25%. And then that first place is back to its ceiling, if you will. So yeah, I definitely plan to do that. I may even do some MME, kind of like a end of the regular season blowout. Uh, definitely consider it from the aspect of having fun with it, but then also doing it as intelligently as possible. And, you know, in that format, giving yourself the best chance to, uh, to have some positive results. So. Right. Yeah. There's, um, yeah, I mean, FanDuel, I think that a lot of it for them, they don't have quite as many contest offerings as DraftKings. And I think a lot of it for them with like your contest that you're in and some others, it probably fluctuates based on some of the other contests they offer. Like um, if they have a one of their bigger contests, you know, or special contests, like I think last week um, they had a bigger one uh, that was at like a similar price point um, or maybe this, actually this week they do uh, their, the bomb is $77 instead of 55. So um, honestly, sometimes I don't know what goes into it, but it's kind of random from them, but it it sounds like it's a pretty good uh, structure this week. Um, 350 people and, you know, 4,000 for first. So uh, can potentially have a nice little way to ring in the new year. Um, Pull up. All right. So here we go. Again, as we were talking about, it's 20K Sunday NFL touchdown, $65 entry. It's a five max tournament, $4,000 to first place, uh, pays just a little over 20% of the field. So yeah, we will go ahead and start building. We're going to build a little bit different this week. Going to kind of build from scratch and and see where it takes us with so many uh, variables and things at play. Um, you know, we'll start with you kind of give me where, where your starting point for your roster is, and we can kind of break things down from there. So what do you got for me? Great. That sounds good this way. Okay. Well, in my opinion, you got to go Josh Allen. Um, there's just, he has everything to play for. I don't see any scenario other than an injury early. That's like catastrophic where this guy doesn't produce, you know, a tournament worthy score. Uh, he, you know, he is the whole team with Buffalo. Uh, it's, I, I believe it's actually win or don't even make the playoffs too. So it's either they win the AFC East or they're going home. So, um, yeah, Josh Allen would be my easy starting point. I thought about Dak. The only thing I didn't like, I don't like hearing, I don't know what the latest is with the Sirianni talk about they may rest their players for the playoffs. If that's the case, you may have Dallas. Dallas playing one half of football dominating, and then maybe they're easing off in the second half. But the Buffalo Bills and Miami Dolphins, there is no, it's full speed ahead, I believe. Four quarters of football, it's, you know, it's whoever wins is in the position they need to be in for the playoffs. So I do have Josh Allen. The initial build I was playing around because I'm not really trusting the receiver core lately. Obviously, there's been a lot of struggles with digs involved. Uh, so I went with uh, Dalton Kincaid. With Josh Allen's the kind of quarterback you don't necessarily need to double stack. Uh, FanDuel-wise, he's got the rushing ability. Uh, he is kind of the whole team, in my opinion. So Dalton Kincaid at tight end, you know, he's definitely – they use him as a wide receiver, middle of the field, 
pretty good price at 5,700. I think having at least one person hitched to the uh, to the Josh Allen trailer makes sense. And then the easy run back, bring back is Tyreek Hill. Got to be Tyreek. Um, he's their whole offense. I mean, you have one guy, you could argue Josh Allen is the entire offense for the Bills and Tyreek Hill is the entire offense for the Dolphins. You're getting like a, an entire focus of an offense on one player. And then I have the Kincaid. Um, so there, there's the skinny or uh, one player stack with the bring back to give attention, I believe, rightfully that needs to be given to this game. And then, yeah, I guess I'll start it there. Oh, I guess we could throw one more in. Uh, this is the ultimate pay up on defense. But if I'm going to say that Josh Allen is going to outperform every other quarterback on the slate, potentially, I feel the Cowboys defense uh, against a Washington commanders team that is, you know, clearly not good in the game. Dallas knows that, you know, they can't screw up to get that number two seed. I think the Cowboys with, uh, I don't think I've heard of the starting quarterback for the commanders is yet, but if it's Howell, you know, it is. okay. Ears back, wheels up. And that's that, that pay up that you can do on FanDuel even more so, or, you know, you can kind of get there and then, yeah, I guess that's four of the nine. That's about as certainty as I think you can get on the face of it. And then, uh, yeah, I'll throw it back to you to where some different game environments or, situations that you feel based on the price and the, and the game setup itself, maybe we can, uh, we can continue to uh, fill in the team here. Yeah. So um, obviously, like you said, the, you know, this game is, I believe it's the highest uh, total uh, implied t game total of the week um, with the over under uh, being, I think 49 and a half at the moment. Um, I think it's possibly, I mean, every book's different, but yeah, it's around 50. Um, but either way, there's, it's the, it's the highest of the week and it, it's on the slate, um, which is not on DraftKings. Um, you know, I mean, as you said, like, there's no question, like both these teams, um, you know, that they, they're playing, like there's other spots where you don't know exactly uh, what's going to happen, but um, both these teams are going to play. I believe Josh Allen had, if it wasn't his best game of the year, um, That's right. second get best game of the year. Yeah. 36 and a half FanDuel points um, against Miami in week four. Uh, only other game where he did better than that this year. Uh, actually the only other game he was over 30 points uh, was uh, the Eagles game. So, yeah, I mean, from that standpoint, um, you know, this Dolphins defense uh, without Bradley Chubb, without Jaden Phillips, uh, looks like Xavier Howard is out. Um, you know, he, he gave it to him once already, um, and now they are a little more beat up. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be an interesting spot. Um, yeah, I think that the other thing that makes this more viable this week in my opinion is like in a regular week like say you have 10 or 11 games or even if it's like a regular 13 games but um like everybody is playing normally you don't have 
as many different options for how you spend that remaining salary. So like you look at these, you have five roster spots left, $6,000 left per player. Um, but because there's so many situations, like the Niners are resting their guys, the Rams are resting their guys. Uh, you have, um, you know, other spots will come up. The Browns are resting their guys. Other spots are going to come up as the week goes on that there's just a lot of different ways that you can go. Whereas like on a normal week, um, if you started with this core, the amount of salary that you've allocated, there would only be like a couple viable running backs. So then you get into a spot where your most of your roster is going to look exactly the same as everybody else. Um, but this week when you're probably going to have five or six sub six K running backs that are like completely viable, you know, you're not in that situation necessarily. So um, yeah, from that aspect, I think it, it makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, what, where does your mind go next? Like what is the next player or spot that you're thinking of uh, to add to this roster? Good question. If you could actually scroll it down to the games again. Uh, yeah. So I'm thinking the other spots where we can, without a reasonable, without a shadow of a doubt, you got teams that are going to play and they have a lot on the line. The Green Bay Packers would be a team at home. You know, they're vying for you know, a playoff spot against Chicago, who, you know, Justin Fields and company, they may want to play spoiler in that game. They may be going, that could be an all-out game, in my opinion, where both teams are playing the whole way through and Chicago's trying to play spoiler and Green Bay knows what they have to do to, you know, they have to win. Uh, and then, of course, we have the wide receiver core for Green Bay that we're going to have to get more news on during the week on who's playing and who's not. Looks like Jaden Reed and Watson are, could be goes now. Um, so I would say Green Bay would be a team I would look to to try to uh, fill in. Um, Seattle is another team that uh, definitely has a purpose to play for, motivation. Um, and then Tampa. Tampa, you know, obviously if they win, they win the South. I uh, don't know what their scenario is if they lose, if they still have a chance to even be in the playoffs. But I know it's basically win and they're in. I think, and then yeah, no, if, they lose, if they lose, they're basically out. Wow. Okay. I mean, See, I, I think that there's like a one percent. Basically, like everybody else would have to lose. Like they would need. Um, I think they would have a chance to be in if they lost they would need the falcons to beat the saints and then they would need the cardinals to beat the seahawks and the bears to beat the packers i believe like all those things would have to happen um and even then i'm not sure if they would get in because it would it would come down to like a bunch of tiebreakers with like strength of schedule and stuff um so Basically, yeah, they've got to the, the Bucks got to beat the Panthers to get in. Um, so why don't we see if we can find value or or based on that six thousand player left over with the five spots? I'd say my three spots on the face of it would be Green Bay, uh, Seattle, and Tampa. Let's see if we can get some uh, activity uh, between those three. I mean, Arizona probably plays still the 
to be spoiler. You know, Tampa Bay, I would think Rashad White, he may be a little, uh, we'd have to get value elsewhere. Rashad White would be a strong play. I feel he is, you know, uh, it's easier to run against Carolina than throw against them. And he's also a pass catching running back. So, and he also doesn't split the backfield as we've talked about throughout the year. He may be a spot I would go to. I think he's 7,700 though. So maybe in this build, he could be a little on the higher side, but yeah, definitely Green Bay, Seattle, you know, players like Najigba for Seattle or Green Bay, the receiver core uh, potentially, or even Aaron Jones. I know Aaron Jones went nuclear against Chicago in week one because Chicago, as good as they are against the run, they are susceptible to pass catching running backs. And I think that's where Aaron Jones did most of his damage. I think he's 6,800 this week. If you look at his box score for week one, even though it was like a, a lifetime ago, he did most of his damage in the passing game, not in the in the rushing game against Chicago. So, so those are a couple of my thoughts with uh, other teams to maybe go to to fill this out. Gotcha. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna flip it a little bit on you here. Um, Feel free. So you started out with this spot with Buffalo, Miami with the idea of like okay we're gonna go cowboys defense maybe you know they get a pick six early and the offense you know they get up 21 to three and the eagles pull their guys right um and so dallas just kind of coasts um you know and and so that leverage play off of it makes sense but so you're leaning into this certainty in your first spot so like where I would go from here is, okay, we've got to save some money. And where are, um, so like a quick story. So that tournament that I talked about that I won a couple of years, three years ago, uh, had Jerry Judy on it. It was the last game of his rookie season. He had kind of been up and down, hadn't done anything really special, uh, but they kind of featured him. Um LaVisca Chenault with the Jaguars. Uh, he was a, a 40th overall pick in the draft. Again, sporadic usage throughout the season. Um, but they kind of, you know, they they went to him. Uh, they featured him. Um, he was kind of overlooked that week, even though um, I kind of expected him to have a good week. Uh, but then the, the bigger ones were like, so there was uh, Chargers played the Chiefs um, and Darwin Thompson. I don't know if you remember him. Um, but so he was a younger guy. Chiefs were all locked up. Uh, they played him. Um, and he was like, it was, this was on DraftKings. He was like $4,400 and was like 4% owned. Um, and he played like every snap and scored like 25 points for me. Um, and then Donald Parham, uh, which this was his first year in the league. And he's just this big freak tight end, um, playing with rookie Justin Herbert. Um, and he, he scored a touchdown at like min price. So, you know, those are the types of spots. I think you've got your certainty here. So what I'm going to do is let's, let's try to lean into like, maybe there's some uncertainty. So I'm going to go to this Cleveland Cincy game and a guy who actually was on my uh, drafters team. We talked about before chase Brown. So Chase Brown for the Bengals, he's been more involved um, recently. Uh, he had a couple of nice games. A few weeks back, he broke like a 50-yard touchdown. Um, but anyways, you know, since 
Uh, week 13, the last five weeks, he, he's been more involved, double-digit snaps every game. The Bengals, uh, obviously their main running back, Joe Mixon, um, has kind of been their guy all season, but they've been eliminated from the playoffs now. Mixon's time, I don't know if you remember, there was a big contract thing with him in the offseason. Um, but like his time in Cincinnati is basically done. So like Chase Brown's a guy that I think like he's very explosive and everyone talks about which offensive players will play. Um, but it's also very relevant that some of these defenses, like how they stack up and what their stats may be on the surface are going to be more or less irrelevant when you change the players that are on the field. So like the Browns are locked into the fifth seed. Um, They've dealt with a ton of injuries already. I know they're resting. um, They're they're starting Jeff Driscoll instead of Flacco. I would think Amari Cooper and Elijah Moore sit, but also like they're probably going to sit or severely limit snaps of like many of their key defensive players. Um, So you look at a guy like Chase Brown and it's like, well, all of a sudden he could have like a 65, 75% snap share as an explosive player against like a preseason defense. Um, so, you know, that's one guy. There's a couple other guys in that kind of similar mold uh, at running back. The Broncos, Jaleel McLaughlin. Yes, I was looking at Jaleel actually. Um, he's, so he's like, really done the eye test throughout the year for me. He's lo- he looks better than Javante to, to me when, when he yeah, gets and he actually started last week. He got the first yeah. run, like Javante didn't even get yep. into the second series. Um, and then in a very similar spot, actually, ironically, also on that drafters team was Ty J Spears, um, facing the Jaguars. Now, those two, you know, they are playing teams who Jacksonville needs Jacksonville needs to win to get in. They get, if they win, they win their division. Uh, they get in and they have a pretty good run defense. Um, Las Vegas, their defense has been much better. Uh, second half of the season, they are playing, you know, their coach is trying to prove he deserves the job. Um, you know, so those are a little bit tougher spots, I think, um, than what Chase Brown will see. Uh, but I think, you know, you could go with, kind of either of those guys. Um, so I'll let you choose McLaughlin or Spears. I have an initial practice build and Jaleel was on it. So it's funny. All right. We'll go with, we'll go with him. So yeah. I'm, I'm fine with Jaleel. Maybe yeah. in the flex spot because he's 425, but unless you want to save that for a receiver for upside. Yeah. So that's where I was going to go next. Um, so you've got the. I love the Jaleel call for sure. Yeah, and the the reason with Spears, the reason I brought him up, it's like the same situation as Chase Brown, where Derrick Henry, you know, this is going to be his last game in Tennessee. Um, Spears is a rookie that, you know, they might want to see, like, you know, get some tape on him with a, a full workload. What does it look like? Do we need to draft another back? What do we need to do in free agency? Um, so that would be where Spears would come in. Um, again, it's a little bit, there's more uncertainty in these spots, but I think that that, I think if you start your roster with the Allen Hill Kincaid, um, you know, there's some other running backs. I know like, uh, Jordan Mason for the 49ers, um, is only 5,500 or 5,700. 
he's probably at right now he's projecting as one of the higher owned backs. Um, Pierre Strong for the Browns, um, also projecting very high. He's at $4,600 salary on FanDuel. So that kind of strengthens the Chase Brown um, love that I've got is that he's kind of a direct uh, leverage off of Pierre Strong, um, who's going to be very popular. Um, but I think that you're forced to pay down at running back once you have that initial with Josh Allen and Tyreek Hill and, and the top price defense. So um, I think finding backs who are similar priced because they have to be um, with a little bit less certainty. Um, I think there's a ton of value in that, you know, for this type of build. Um, so then that leaves us with two receiver spots and a flex. Um, you know, so let's go, you know what? I got an idea here. Let's go ahead with, you talked about Aaron Jones. I like that call. Um, cause here's the thing. It's not just as simple as like, I think the aspect of this last week of the regular season that people miss out on is it's not just like, oh, these this team's resting their guys. Um, this team is playing. But I think there's spots like this where you look at Aaron Jones and we know he has this massive ceiling, right? Um, like he's had over his course of his career some huge games. And we know the Packers, they need to win to get in. But also, why is Aaron Jones priced where he's priced? A big part of that is they manage his reps, right, throughout the season. Like, you know, that uh, when he first came back, that, that Bucks game, he was only 6,200. But, like, they gave him, like, eight touches on the first drive, I think. And then he only got, like, five the rest of the game because the coaches were like, oh, shoot, like, we got to take it easy on him. Um, you know, AJ Dillon had the broke his thumb a couple weeks ago. Now he got a stinger on Sunday night. So from the aspect of like Aaron Jones is priced where he is because he's never a guy who gets 25 to 30 touches. And that if he's ever going to get it, this would be the spot, right? Um, so I, I think, I know you brought up the Packers as one of those like higher certainty spots you might want to attack. Um, what do you think about that, adding him to this build? Well, to piggyback even deeper to that statement, if you look at Aaron Jones the last two weeks, saving him for the end of the year, you would be right. 20 and 21 rushing attempts over the uh, per week the last two weeks, and he's never usually getting that kind of volume from, a, from LaFleur. So that could be the situation where they are saving him for the, you know, to kind of that final push to, get in the postseason and, you know, see if they can make some noise once they're there. So, yeah, I love the Aaron Jones call. You know, I'm, you know, again, he, the problem with him usually is, you know, you'd like to him to be more, get more touches as a running back than he usually does. But in this case, must-win situation, you see it trending, how they've been using him now that he's healthier uh, down the stretch. And so, yeah, now I, I like – I'm fine with him there in that spot. Nice. And then <laughs> – the last two spots that I'm going to go with are um, I'm going to throw Jordan Addison in there 
Um, so the Vikings, they play the Lions, who the Lions are basically locked into the three seed. Um, they could become the two seed if they have to win, and then they would need both Dallas and Philadelphia to lose. Um, then they could be the two seed. But like that feels like a pipe dream, kind of. Um, and again, I think that there is, you know, you've also got Addison who they, the Vikings are going back to Nick Mullins, who they went back to in the middle of last week's game. Um, but Addison, you know, he had that monster game against the Bengals. Then he had two really, really down games. Um, but similar to, I talked about Jerry Judy, LaVisca Chenault in my big win three years ago, you know, Addison's this rookie who, um, you know, you've got you've got this really talented player um, and this quarterback who obviously trusts him. And you know the the Viking or the Lions defense has struggled anyways. Um, you know, I think this could be kind of like a preseason game for their defense, um, where they you, you saw what CD Lamb did to him obviously last week. Um, you know, and if they, they could go play calling wise, they could go more vanilla, not wanting to show too much on film a week before, uh, you know, their first playoff game. So, yeah, uh, you know, he's he's a guy I really like this week. Um, and then I'll round it out with Drake London, uh, who is sixty two hundred dollars facing the Saints. Um, Ten targets last week. Again, uh, just, a you know, a former top 10 pick extremely talented um the matchup i mean it's not great but it's not awful and you know this is they need to win right uh you know arthur smith is coaching for his job they need to win and hope the bucks lose um so yeah that's you know none of those spots are necessarily like lockdown hammer spots but um i think that they are all You know, I think that I think it fits with you know how you started the roster. So, what are your thoughts there? Is that confirmed that Nick Mullins is starting? I didn't yes. see that. Oh wow. Okay. Well, yeah, I like that more than I know. The last I had read that, I guess there wasn't. They weren't sure. Okay. Yep. It's, it's showing that. Yeah. I mean, and because Dustin Jefferson obviously wouldn't fit price wise on this team. I think you know. He probably wants to finish the year strong and everything. But, yeah, Addison's been pretty solid most of the year. You can't really run on the Lions. You know, passing is the way – is the approach to go. And I guess technically Minnesota is remotely not eliminated. Uh, so they're probably going to want to end the season on a good note. The Falcons, to me, I'm kind of like – it works price-wise, obviously. Do we – is that – is there any salary left over? I don't see what uh, – There is two and Oh, there is. Yeah, I just, I'm so over it. The Falcons and Saints, they're just, for me, they've just been teams. They're just really hard to figure out. They're so spread. Well, the, the Saints especially, very spread out. And, you know, who's going to be the guy that's going to hit for a tournament-worthy score each week? But those teams befuddle me, the Falcons and the Saints, or they have most of the year. Maybe it's a reflection of the coaching staffs trying to figure it out. But, yeah, it's definitely not – I could definitely see. I mean, he is wide receiver one. It's a good price. It's a game they'll you know definitely be playing to win. Um, so it, it makes sense. 
I'm curious with the 200 left over, who else do we have um, that may be comparable? Well, I have two things. So if you're at receiver, you know, the other it's, you got Gabe Davis, Adam Thielen, Brandon Cooks, um, basically are the ones in the same spot. That's what stands out to me about it is, again, this is week 18. So, like, we are 60 minutes of football away from 2024 season, basically. And when I look at guys like Jordan Addison, Drake London, these are guys that, like, I think will spend most of next year and the majority of their careers priced in, like, the 7K-plus range on FanDuel. So, like, I think there's a lot of – there's a lot of value there just in being early. I think that they're, you know, sometimes for me, if there's not like this, like standout reason not to play a guy who's super talented, like it's just like a leap of faith. Like I wouldn't be shocked if Drake London scores two touchdowns. Um, you know, he has, he has multiple games this year where he had, uh, so they had this Bucks game caught 10 passes for 172 yards. He had this Washington game, uh, nine passes for 125 yards. Obviously, he's only got two touchdowns on the season. But for me, like from a mathematical standpoint and a player of his talent, a lot of people look at that as like, oh, he doesn't score any touchdowns. But I look at a player like that and I think this guy is too good, like, eventually that is going to rectify itself. There's going to be a spot where um, he gets in the end zone. And, you know, if he was going to, if he was going to, that would make sense um, for it to be here. Now, if you don't want to play him, here's my other thought on this is, you know, who is a, who is a, a receiver is there a receiver up in like the upper sixes to seven K range that you like? That's probably the problem. Uh, maybe Metcalf. Definitely. Uh, that'd be it probably because we know the Rams aren't playing their guys, you know, a lot of so, uncertainty with the saints. So you can go there. You could go Metcalf. And if you know if you're not comfortable with London, and then you can go to one of these other defenses. Um, you know, you could go with the Vikings. Like if they sit Goff, uh, you've got um, even the Raiders. Yeah, yeah, the Raiders. Um, you know, you're against McLaughlin there, but like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. you could. Do that. <laughs> it, it, I mean, you could switch that to Spears. Um, yeah, Have you know switch. if. You can, go, you can go with the Titans if uh, Lawrence sits. Um, you know, for that matter, I mean, you could play. You could play the Chargers defense. Like the the Chiefs are sitting their guys. Like you're getting to play against playing Gabbert. That's kind of what I mean. Is like you know, there's spots where like what it looks like on the surface. Like the the Chargers are priced thirty three hundred dollars because they're playing at home. Or they're, they're, they've been a bad defense. It's given up some big games, and they're playing against Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Andy Reid. Except for they're not, because those guys aren't going to play. Um, so, you know that's an interesting spot. You know, if you you talked about Sirianni, like 
Brian Dable's still playing. Like, what if Sirianni decides to sit guys? Oh, yeah. You know, you, you I like could, the Giants defense. This yeah. Game. So, yeah. you know, that that's another way you could go about it. Like, if you know, obviously defense is the easiest spot to like switch up. Um, but you know, those are it, you know, if you if you didn't want to go with the, the London call, I think that that would be that would be the other way I would the other direction I would go with it. Well, what I do like in listening about the Addison London takes is your mentality behind it. You're bringing into existence their future now. And that's that's like kind of an interesting mindset in, in hearing that perspective on it. So I do like it from that perspective of they're going to be priced more next year, kind of bringing into existence, you know, the mentality of, you know, you know, they're a value right now and, you know, they maybe will finish off the year strong. So I, I like it from that perspective, the the London and Addison. T- well, Addison, I like period, but the, the London take. But but yeah, that's, a, you know, in building multiple teams, guys, these are different directions to kind of switch it up, but maybe keep the core pieces and switch up the other spots if doing, uh, if building, which I will be multiple teams. So yeah. Yeah. Are- and I think, I think the key is like finding a balance, like with most things, like just balancing that, like the unique aspects of week 18. Like if you build a roster with all guys who are in like the Chase Brown, Jaleel McLaughlin mode, like you're probably not going to do well. Like there's too much uncertainty there. Um, But if you're only playing the guys who like are in certain spots that, you know, I'll only play guys on teams that I know exactly what they're going to do. Um, you're going to end up with like a team very similar to everybody else. You're going to, it's going to be very hard for you to separate. Um, you know, you, you've got to have that balance there, you know? So if you wanted to play like the Jordan Mason, Pierre strong, like the, the more popular um, running back spots, well then it, you know, your core stack, your quarterback, receiver, you know, opponent, you probably are going to need to go somewhere else other than like the most obvious, like high certainty, high price spot of Buffalo, Miami. So, um, you know, just balancing that, I think, is the most critical part of this week. Definitely agreed in MME for sure. I mean, you're going to have to have different, you know, in a field of 349, I would definitely agree at least one or two spots you're going to have to be, you know, different and maybe mirror the prices of the popular guys with somebody who's just as capable of reaching that median or ceiling at the same price, but, but it's not as owned. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. All right. Well, it's been a pleasure. We will see what, uh, what FanDuel graces us with for the wild card round um, and look at doing uh, yeah. potentially a show for that week. Hopefully, um, hopefully there's like a decent sized contest that has all six games, you know, cause I kind of prefer that over like the, uh, the three game slates. Um, it just, it's hard, it's hard to get to be unique without feeling like you're doing stupid stuff on those really short slates sometimes. Um, especially with like when you get into the bigger contests, um, but so I mean, I'll still play. But ideally, uh, ideally, they have a six-game slate with a, a decent contest that we can build for. So, 
Um, yeah, thank you again. Best of luck this weekend. Let's uh, let's ring in the new year the right way. Good luck, everyone. Let's do it. Yep. See you next week. One week season fam. Like and subscribe. Check us out. We'll see you on Discord. We'll see you on Twitter. We will see you at the top of the leaderboards. One week season.